On Friday, April 21st, Jones rode three miles east of Huckleberry to the village of Allen's Fresh, where the Zakaya Swamp ended and the Wacomico River began. He was in Colton's store when a cavalryman entered and told his subordinates who were drinking, "'Boys, I have news that they have been seen in St. Mary's County.' Instantly they mounted their horses and rode east to the neighboring county on a wild goose chase that would distance them even farther from their quarry. It was the break Jones had long awaited, and he rode at breakneck speed to relay the news to his charges. They would have to escape now or never. A fog rose over the marsh and skimmed the swamps as he neared the familiar hideout. It was already dark, and he moved with extra caution because he had never visited at night. Harold responded to the whistle and quickly led him to Booth. "'The coast seems to be clear, and the darkness favors us,' said Jones. "'Let us make the attempt.' Their godsend was keenly alert now that they had broken cover and emerged into the open. He gave his own horse to Booth, who mounted with difficulty, and told Harold to walk beside it. Jones went fifty to sixty yards ahead, paused, then whistled for them to catch up. If he did not whistle, they were to quietly get clear of the road and wait motionless until he made contact again. They covered a mile and a half in fits and starts down a cart track before reaching the public road, then stealthily progressed another mile toward Huckleberry, where the trio grouped together under pear trees fifty yards from the house. "'Wait here while I go in and get you some supper,' Jones whispered. "'You can eat here while I get something for myself.' "'Can't I go in and get some of your hot coffee?' Booth pleaded. "'My friend,' Jones answered, "'it would not do. "'It would not be safe. "'There are servants in the house who would be sure to see you, "'and then we would all be lost. "'Remember, this is your last chance to get away.' "'Jones went inside and found Woodland eating in the kitchen. "'Henry, did you bring the boat back to Dent's Meadow where I told you?' "'He asked the black man.' "'Yes, master.' "'How many shad did you catch, Henry?' "'I caught about seventy, master.' Knowing the boat was in place, Jones gathered up food from the table and took it outside without any family member questioning him. It was wartime, and they were accustomed to his quiet and private ways. The two fugitives pressed on across the fields, rigorously keeping to the slow and wary procedures demanded by their protector. They could not remove a fence blocking their path three hundred yards from the river, so Jones and Harold supported Booth in difficult maneuvers down the steep decline to the water. The flat-bottomed, twelve-foot-long, lead-colored boat was exactly where Woodland had secured it to a large oak tree. Booth sat in the stern with an oar for use as a rudder. Harold readied himself in the bow for a single-handed bout with the currents. The smallish man would be pushed to the limit, to reach the other side. Jones lit a candle, shielding it with an oilcloth coat as he held it to Booth's indispensable compass. Keep to that, he demonstrated, and it will bring you into Mashada Creek. Mrs. Quisenberry lives near the mouth of this creek. If you tell her you come from me, I think she will take care of you. After warning them to keep the light covered, he bid them goodbye and was about to give the boat a shove when Booth spoke. "'Wait a minute,' he said. He wanted to pay for the boat, 
Jones had paid $18 for it in Baltimore the year before. He knew he would never get it back, but he would not accept more than he had paid for it. Booth gave him what he had spent for the boat. "'God bless you, my dear friend, for all you have done for me. Goodbye,' said Booth.'